on this episode of Why Watch That. Watch 90K will change your life. But I go to the news. You don't know I was. Oh, no. I'm going to be like that person with the mask yeah. going out. Some people to come on with the mask and with the gloves. Yes. That would be me. <laughs> I love my mother. If I, she were on the streets and the first time I saw her, we would not be hugging. There would be, you know, a cleansing ritual. Come on. Nope. Come on, critic. <laughs> a car falls out of the sky. Crash. Out of the sky. Because mm-hmm. Franklin has to replay everything that he's done with this supposed waitress. Oh. I couldn't, I, I just couldn't watch all of it. <laughs> That girl from Plainville sounds like a very different movie. Yeah, the than, girl. Um, now, it, I guess you could oh. call it that girl when I get into it, but it is the girl. <laughs> the girl from Plainville. That girl over there. Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome to Why Watch That. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. (laughs) What's that? Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. Five dollars. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water (laughs) and eat raw potatoes. But (laughs) I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? uh, Yeah, right. right, right. (laughs) Well, everyone, look, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. The Why Watch That Talk. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. Oh, it's to- Fat Albert. I you <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome back to Why Watch That South by Southwest Edition Part One. So Ooh. the critic has been. What have you been? Look at doing? you giving it parts. Nobody told you it was Part listen, One. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. They know we can't do the whole festival in more than a in one episode. What three or four days in? There's no way. Well, we could, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how have you been enjoying the? Uh, what is it? Year two of virtual South by Southwest. Yeah, you're right, isn't it? Yeah. And this is hybrid. So, you know, there are people in the wonderful city of Austin in Texas partaking. There are certain things there that aren't online, but most of it is online. And some of the things there I have access to anyway. Thank you. So we'll come to that later. Now, what I'll say about it so far, you know, what I've watched so far, producer, a lot of what I've seen, what we're going to talk about right now feels like South by Southwest, what I think it should be. It's either cool or just weird in a way that's interesting, you know, like cutting edge or, you know, just like it, there's a freshness or an inventiveness to it without it being bad. Because, you know, sometimes that stuff goes completely wrong and you're like, I'm not into this. But so far, not always. But what I've chosen, you also have to know how to curate and coordinate. So far, I'm I'm enjoying it, and I look forward to the rest of the stuff I'm going to be watching. Cool. That sounds that sounds good. It's it's especially really nice to hear that. Um, even though you're not physically at the festival, you're still able to enjoy and experience the vibe, as they say, mm. um, nowadays mm-hmm. from your yeah. home. So that's, that's it's good that they were able to make that happen. Yeah. And, you know, they have all kinds of conferences and things that you can do online. Uh, so if you want that experience, you can partake. You don't have to be in Austin, mm-hmm. even though we want to be. Sweet. Cool. All right. Well, let's see what you've tackled so far at the festival, right? So you've seen a couple of things. Um, and the first one we're going to start with is To Leslie. Now, To Leslie is one of their um, narrative spotlight 
movies that's directed by Michael Morris. Um, it's a drama. And uh, who's in this? In it the- is a drama. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again. All right, who's in it and what's it about? So it's starring Andrea Riseborough, along with, and I talked about this producer in our intro to yes. South by Southwest this year. I was like, uh, you know, when you see Andrea, um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it, that doesn't mean it's going to be good, but Andrea don't play. And joining her in the cast, Allison Janney, Mark Marin, Andre Royo, who was in, uh, you know, The Wire, among other things. Mm-hmm. Steven Root shows up. I mean, look, there's some people in here, among others, like James Landry Hebert. Now, James Landry Hebert was just in 1883, one of my favorite characters he played. Hey, James. Wow. Matt Lauria, who was in Friday Night Lights, a TV show, and so on and so forth. Also, if you watch Bloodline, somebody's crazy son who shows up later on in that Netflix show was the son in here. Uh huh. Owen Teague plays him. Now, if you watch Bloodline, you'll know him by sight. He slinked into that show. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> now. <laughs> So Leslie is about Leslie, played by Andrea, of course, who uh, six years in the past, let's say, won the lottery. And she lives in West Texas. And I mean, she look, winning the lottery to her is like, you know, you know, you get on the, you know, producer, how they have them on the news and people go nuts. They have like, you know, they hold up the check. Yeah, it was that kind of thing. Now, she won 190K. So it's not like she won millions. Right. But for, look, I'll take it too. What? 190K will change your life. But I go to the news. You're not going to know I won. Oh, no. I'm going to be like that person with the mask yeah. going out. Then people to come on with the mask and with the gloves. Yes. That would be me. <laughs> well, you know, because in some states, it's by law, they publish. Yes. Who wins. So yep. watch out for that. But some states don't. I'm doing the least amount. She did the most. <laughs> and she had her son with her. Her son is more measured and her son was like, you know, my mother, you know, she's always wanted to like open up a diner. Maybe we'll do that with the money. You know, she's talking about buying a house and everybody else out there is like, what about us? And you all get drinks. You all get drinks. Mm. Keep that in mind. Cut to six years later. She's getting kicked out of a motel. Mm. she's going around everybody else trying to say hey take me in they're all running away closing doors on her one guy's like no I can't help you again oh wow she's like all my stuff is out here you're gonna leave me homeless you left yourself homeless Leslie so Mm. she has to live on the streets where's her son does she have any support system yes but we know that certain people who are you know, homeless, sometimes it's by choice. Why? Six years ago, she had 190K. Now, before taxes. Right, we have to, we have to <laughs> drop that little nugget. <laughs> so let's just say she had half of that. Yeah. Now, we find that her son is employed. Like he's working in construction. He's doing a good job. He's responsible. He has a an apartment that he shares with a roommate who's also working. She ends up visiting him. Now, he hasn't seen her in six years. What happened? So she shows up. He's a good guy. You know, I mean, she was on the streets. And the first time he sees her, she hugs her. I love my mother. If I, she were on the streets and the first time I saw her, we would not be hugging. There would be, you know, a cleansing ritual. Come on. Nope. Come there on, critic. Be, <laughs> <laughs> there would be a cleansing ritual. Not him. And he's like, look, you need a plan. You could stay here, but you've got to have a plan. You're not going to live here. And no drinking. Now he's like, look, you could smoke on them tweeds, but you can't drink. Because that's her problem. Remember, everybody, everybody gets, gets a drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Does she follow this? 
he has to go to work. What's she do when he's out? Mm. What's the first thing she does when he leaves? She gets herself a drink. She opens up a bottle. She probably raised the mini bar. How? Does she have money? No. Now he has some neighbors as well who he introduces to his mother right off of like whatever bus she came off of. I mean, I'm like, can we like, there's a shower that needs to be involved here. You know, let's <laughs> now. How do they play a role? And what about his roommate? Now, you know, this is not going to end well, but was what does that mean? And he says to her, look, you have grandma, her mother. She don't want to hear about her mother. Mm-hmm. And in one scene, she tells him, that's my mother, not yours. Okay. Also, there's some people she was living with. Mm-hmm. Played by Allison Janney and Stephen Root. Why isn't she living with them anymore? He wants to know the son. Mm-hmm. Why not? We're going to find out. And we find out what happened over those six years where she lost all of her money, the drinking, what she tries to do to get money. And in the end, she ends up meeting a guy played by Mark Marin. He takes an interest in her, not immediately, but he learns about who she was from Andre Royo. They run this motel, not the one she was in, a different one. They run a motel. Mark Marin's character just came into the area after she left, so they never saw each other. But Andre Royal's character knows who she is. Mm. And there's a certain way that they're connected. And what does that lead to? Remember, she did have a dream. Her son said it. Does she still have it? Now, with all of that said, this is what I was thinking of, producer. If all of you have been following Why Watch That for a while, Years ago, there was a movie, Wild Rose. Um, and it was about a mother who was in prison. She gets out. She has to deal with her kids. She is wants to be a country singer. It's kind of like that, but rougher. Mm. However, it's not quite as rough if we go to the other end of a woman under the influence, which is from the 70s, this classic movie. That's rougher. So it doesn't, it's somewhere in between there. Now, if you don't know those movies... I would say it's a straightforward depiction of a woman who struggled and is struggling with alcoholism. It's going to make you uncomfortable, but uh, not unnecessarily so. It's right where it needs to be. Now, the performances, uh, that's why you watch this. Mm. Andrea Riseborough, I mean, sh- this is her movie. It revolves around her. It should. She don't play. She ain't playing here. Okay, she ain't from West Texas or the States, period. But yes, she is. She is not an alcoholic, I hope. But yes, she is. Mm-hmm. So it's a showcase for that. And the rest of the cat, I mean, Allison Janney and Steven Root, when you see them, if you know who they are, like the hair and all of that they got going, like it is like this, all of them, the whole cast, I applaud. I enjoyed their work. That's the engine of this movie. Because it isn't too long. It's like two hours. It could have been an hour and a half. And it would have been real tight. Because it's not a lot to the story. We get it. And the acting's so clear. I think some of it was just repetitive. But they're so good. That if this is your kind of thing. You like indies. Indie dramas. Then to Leslie's going to work. Who knows when it'll be out. Maybe sometime soon. We haven't looked that stuff up. Sorry. That sounds interesting. Um, yeah, tell us, producer, would you watch this and why? I, I like uh, I like stories when people win the lottery and see like what happens after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real simple, <laughs> so like that, that for me is always interesting. Like, which way does that? Which way does that go? Because it can go. We know yeah. which way it goes most of the time, but like as a as a creative um, storyteller, like which way do you take it? What story are you going to tell with that experience? And so that's interesting. And then, like you say, it's the 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 type of person who won the lottery and like how that affects what the outcome is. So yeah, I would. Yes. I, it's yeah, I would have totally watched that. Absolutely, yeah. They haven't been picked up yet. I would, I would venture to say that someone's going to distribute this. I would yeah. venture to say, yeah. Please. All right. 
So next on the self by Southwest list, we have Linoleum. Uh, Linoleum is directed by Colin West, starring Jim um, Gaffigan, Rhea Seahorn, uh, Kathleen Nakin, Gabriel Rush, Amy Hager, Hagerives. Hargreaves, yeah. A whole bunch of people. And a a whole bunch of other folks. But your boy is in it, Tony Shalhoub. Oh, Tony Shalhoub. I like Tony. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it is a space, oh goodness, a space comedy. This is going to be interesting. Is it? (laughs) Now, see, this is not really a comedy. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Maybe dramedy. You know, they're they're putting it there. Now, Mm -hmm. We have Jim Gaffigan, who has a, you know, a legion of fans, but he's doing drama. See, that's the thing. Now, Jim, you think comedy, but he is doing drama and he does it well. Mm-hmm. And he plays Cameron Edwin. Now, Cameron Edwin is like a Bill Nye, the science guy type. If he weren't successful, if he were just on like public TV. And they put him on at midnight. Now, for years, he's been waiting for a Saturday afternoon or morning slot. Because, you know, then the kids would watch all of that. They've been promising and promising. It hasn't happened. So this is the time. He's going and he's still producing this stuff. He goes into the station ready to get his Saturday slot. It doesn't come. We know that. Why not? Well, there is a man who seems to be everything that Cameron wants to be. He seems to have accomplished everything Cameron has dreamed of. And his name is Kent. Now, this man was like an astronaut. You know, he drives a fancy car. And he moves in across the street from Cameron. Hmm. Now, this guy is going to have a show. What kind of show? And why? And how does Cameron take that? Hmm. Now, this leads to a problem because the show was, you know, on its last legs anyway. And he has a wife. He has a daughter. He has a young son. He has to support people. Now, his wife works like in a space museum. And they both have scientific backgrounds. You know, she has all the degrees. And when she was younger, she had higher dreams. Will she be able to realize them? And how did she and Cameron, and the wife is Aaron, played by Rhea, how did she and Cameron meet? Why did they fall in love and marry? What's the connection? I won't tell you, but it will be revealed. Now, the young son is just a young son, but the daughter is a teenager. And we see her story as well. She's going to school. Does she fit? No. But will she let you bully her? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you better watch. Okay, she might be different, but she gonna call you on your stuff if you aren't respectful. And this Kent person that's moved in across the way, he has a son who's her age and ends up in her class. What's their relationship gonna be like? And this son, Mark, played by Gabriel Rush, What's going on underneath the surface? He's like the quiet kind of guy, but he's new. And you know, when the new kid walks in to class, everybody's like, who's this? So how do Mark and Nora, that's the daughter, how do they form a relationship? Now, with that said, strange things are afoot. Early on in the movie, a car falls out of the sky. Crash! Out of the sky! Hmm. And Cameron tells his family about it. Do they believe him? He's like, no, no, no. Because he was there when it happened. He was the only one there. How does a car fall out of the sky? Also, Cameron has this relationship with this old guy in a nursing home. This is where Tony Shalhoub's character comes in. He's Dr. Alvin. Hmm. And he's explaining to Cameron, you know, how this works when you have someone who's elderly, who might be experiencing dementia, now, this man, is it Cameron's father? Who is this person? Cameron gets him out of the nurse nursing home and brings him home and they spend some time together. What is going on? Because before that, something else strange happened. 
a piece of a spacecraft fell into the backyard of the Edwins, Cameron's family. I mean, they have the, the yellow tape up. They need to leave the house and they have to stay with someone who doesn't like Cameron. Okay, so what's that about? Now, this leads to him wanting to build his own rocket, his own space rocket in the garage. Of the, of the other house, person's house? Of the house, of his house that he's oh, not supposed to be oh, in. Got it. Okay. How does his wife take that? Does he succeed? What is success? And how does all of this work? How does it even make sense is the question? Or does it? Oh, okay. So what I would say about Linoleum, if we're thinking of other movies, and like you said, producer, they put it in a comedy kind of category here at South by Southwest. It's what I would call it is it's a dramatic, it's like a dramatic Brigsby Bear, which the ref <laughs> and I really enjoyed years ago at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Because it's gently odd in a slightly vintage sort of way. And it has a heart. Because what I didn't tell you is what it looks like. When we see this like public access show, it's like on a bubble TV they're watching it. They're using video cassettes. Why? When are we? Now, it also has like a whiff of something like The Signal, which was this sci-fi movie with Lawrence Fishburne, but it doesn't have the intensity of that. That's a thriller. This is not. So I would say if you like scientific ideas, this is probably going to work. You want to explore them in, in a movie that has an indie feel. There's something real going on here. And I think thanks to the cast, they make the pace appropriate for certain viewers. But in the end, things are revealed. So even if you're watching it going, oh, you know, it's fine. I'm cool with it. Keep watching. In the end, something is revealed and you start going, Oh, oh, some of it you may anticipate. Some of it you might go, oh, oh. And keep in mind, this really is about memory. Hmm. Yeah. Now, linoleum, hopefully somebody picks this up too. See, see, when I'm talking about this, these two kinds of films, producer, this is like when you think South by Southwest, this is the Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that comes to mind for me. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'd watch it. Why? <laughs> you know, I'm very easily pleased. It's the uh, it's the the space concept. It's just interesting stuff mm-hmm. falling out of the sky. Some some people in this like science space. Um, I love also to watch just couples dynamics. So like the fact that he has a wife and and. Um, I mean, the, the fact that he has a wife and they're both in the same area and they have this interesting story about how they met. I mean, and then the whole, like you just said, you know, at the end, it's like this kind of payoff or like this kind of, oh, wow, everything kind of comes together. Mm-hmm. I enjoy those experiences when I'm watching. Yeah, you just have to be a bit patient. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've watched a lot of things that require patience. I think I'm... Uh... <laughs> very well prepared for that one all right so up next we have i love my dad south by southwest um it is a it's in the what is it it's a narrative category james moore zosi is the director uh more scene is Mm -hmm. the director um Peyton Oswald is one of the characters. James Morsini, so directed and actually in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and wrote Claudia. It. Oh, and, oh, look at him. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. look, screenwriter, you're right. Oh, this is interesting. I'm interested to see how this comes together. Um, that's not always a good mix in my experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Trash, uh, Ricky Velez, and a whole bunch of other people, as always, in these um, in these films. So, critic, yeah. let us know what you think. Well, interesting. You talked about James writing, directing, and starring in this. Why in the world? Because it is based on something he experienced. Oh. So he is an actor, but mm, now what he experienced, just hold on to everything you have as I go through this. Okay. So we have Patton playing Chuck. And Chuck's son, played by James, is Franklin. 
in the beginning of the movie, Franklin is like in a group session. Why? And this is their final session. He's going to leave the facility. Why is he in there? And there's a, a girl there, you know, does he like or does he not? Can he communicate that? So his mama comes to pick him up and mama's played by Amy Landecker. Now, her character and Chuck are not married anymore. Why not? And Chuck can't get a hold of his son. He's been trying to reach out to Franklin. Franklin will not reach back. And Franklin has blocked him on social media. Now, is there a reason for this? Of course. But Chuck is a father whose son was in a facility. Because what we come to find is Franklin is suicidal. So, of course, Chuck wants to know how his son is doing. And he's all out of the sorts. Now, at work, he's dating his boss. That's Chuck, who's played by Rachel Dratch. So you go, okay, this is comedic. And what's that like? Mm. Also, he has like a work friend-ish, played by Lil Rel. Lil Rel. And Lil Rel tells him about how, you know, his ex-girlfriend did the same thing to him, blocked him on social media. So he opened up a new account just to follow what she was doing. This gives Chuck an idea. I'm going to do the same thing for my son. And who he chooses to cat, well, not catfish, who he chooses as his catfish avatar is a waitress at a diner he attends. He goes to this diner. He likes her energy. And he literally just steals her pictures, her name, her story, and creates a shadow account and follows his son. And this is on Facebook. Now, what do you think happens? The son falls for the mm-hmm. avatar. That's right. Mm-hmm. And this waitress is played by Claudia Sulevsky. So, this is great for uh, Chuck. You know, he can now keep tabs on his son, but the son thinks this, you know, cool chick is mm. interested in him. And remember, he has problems. Yes. Son. Yes. Now, the son is still living with mama. He He's an older teenager. Like, mm-hmm. he would have been in college. So, Chuck has to keep this going. And you know, as it keeps going, certain things have to happen. He goes back to Lil Rel. Lil Rel's like, get up, get a what? Stop. Get out of it. But he's like, I mean, you're in it now, so you're going to have to do these certain things. What happens when the son is like, you know, can we like kiss like virtually? What's that like? Oh, my goodness. And this is a real person, remember? Mm-hmm. He knows where she works. Mm-hmm. Now, Chuck and Franklin don't live in the same cities anymore. But there's a moment when Franklin reaches out to Chuck and says, hey, because of this relationship with the waitress, Franklin starts to think a little better about his father, a little. So he's like, hey, let me come visit you for a reason. Mm. Now, Mama says to Chuck, you better take care of my son and keep tabs and let me know and all that stuff. And where do you think this ends up in the end? Mm. I'll tell you this. Mm. The boss who's dating Chuck, plays a role. She's not just there to be crazy because it's Rachel Dratch. Because what happens when she finds out what Chuck's been doing to his son? How does she take it? Now, she is a free, you know, nasty person. I'll put it that way. So I can't tell you how she takes it, but she's going to play a role. Now, here's the thing about this. I said again, James said that this is, you know, based on an experience he had. He like says, sorry, dad, this is how it happens on the screen, you know. And then at the end, it's like for my father and stuff like that. It's like, okay. And the name of it is I love my dad. So it's not like, it's like, no, I love this waitress who actually is my dad is really what it is. (laughs) So the thing about this is not all of the shifts in tone work here. I do have to say that. 
especially outside of the central dynamic, when you get away from Chuck, Franklin, and the waitress. Not all of them work, but none of it fails spectacularly, and it easily could have. Really, this shouldn't work. This should not work. But there's a heart inside of it, and it kept it from being creepy. Mm. Um, I wanted the best for Chuck and Franklin. I really did. And that's what made the full-on discomfort of watching this unfold more effective. I mean, some at the end, producer, I had my hand up. I was like looking through my fingers. Because oh, the brilliance of what James did is, instead of us just reading everything in social media, you read sometimes, but then it'll play out. Mm-hmm. So who, who Franklin thinks he's talking to, the waitress, she comes on. So Claudia will be saying, and we're seeing her say it to him, Mm-hmm. what Chuck is typing. Right. And like, what happens if it's off? Like, mm-hmm. things like that. She has to say it like, and so it's fun. But every now and then, Chuck is in her place. Okay. Mm. But Franklin doesn't know. So like, we see it from Franklin's point of view. We also see it from Chuck's. And in the end, of course, this is going to come out. What do we see? Because Franklin has to replay everything that he's done with this supposed waitress. Oh, uh, I couldn't. I I just couldn't watch all of it. <laughs> and look, Patton and and James, they are committed. <laughs> okay. So this worked for me, even though it wasn't perfect. Would I watch it again? I don't know. I look, it was some of it. My skin was crawling, but I really wanted the best for them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's brave for James to <laughs> to do this movie and release it to everybody. I would say if you are interested in anything I said, if you like Patton Oswalt, then definitely watch. I love my dad because uh, this is something you'll be talking about <laughs> with people for a while. So, producer, I, I know you would, but why would you watch this? <laughs> <up> my alley. <laughs> Honestly, it's just interesting. It's really interesting because in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, when he comes to the town to visit, does he, you know, does he find this girl and try to get her to act? Like, what what happens? I mean, yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah for me, the curiosity of how he how he potentially cleans this up after yeah. the truth has to eventually come out that mm-hmm. that's what excites me about the uh the possibilities of this movie really yes me. and yeah. the way they depict the interaction mm. yeah that sounds interesting too it like is you say yeah highly effective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. almost too effective <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll put it that way you'll see what that means if you watch it they don't have distribution yet they'll get it they'll get it yeah well, absolutely get it yeah. um yeah Cool. All right. That's, that sounds fun. Uh, so up next on the list is uh, That Girl from Plainville. Sounds like a very different movie. Yeah. The than, Girl. Uh, now, it, I guess you could oh. call it That Girl when I get to it, but it is The Girl. <laughs> the Girl from Plainville. That Girl over there. <laughs> <from> Plainville. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is directed by uh, Lisa Colon. Choladenko. Kolendenko, Lisa Kolendenko, um, starring L. Fanning, Chloe, um, Seven Sevigny, Colton Ryan, Cara bon- Bonio, and a whole bunch of other folk. Um, yeah. It's a drama. And Critic, a- you want to get into it? Yes. And a TV show. Oh. Yeah, so this will be on Hulu. All right, episodics. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, coming up shortly. Now. So, this is based on a true story. And we have Michelle played by L. And she finds or she receives devastating news. Now, before I get to that devastating news, there's also Conrad. They're both teens. And we see some exchanges, you know, text exchanges between the two of them to start. 
And Conrad's saying some disturbing things. Michelle seems very concerned. Well, unfortunately, Conrad leaves us. Now, Conrad's mother, played by Chloe, finds this out, you know, finds the the letters that Conrad left behind. And he left one note to this person, Michelle. Who is this? She doesn't know Michelle. Hmm. Now, when Michelle receives this news, she comes out to her parents and is like, Conrad's dead. What does mom say? Who's Conrad? Hmm. Now, she has a younger sister who knew about this, and she has some friends who are more important than the younger sister when you're a teenager. So, you know, she tells the younger sister, once the friend come, they come over. Goodbye. Get out. And, you know, she is just, like, crying, sobbing, all over the place. Now, the family, her family is supposed to go away on vacation to, like, their little cabin in the woods or whatever they got. You know, and they're all like, okay, we're going, because they don't know Conrad. She's like, I'm not going. I have to go to this wake and everything else. You know, Conrad's dead. Okay. So she attends the wake, and this is how she meets Conrad's mother. How does that go down? She seems to know everything about this family. They know nothing about her. But she did. I mean, Conrad left her a note. Okay. Now, of course, the cops have to investigate what happened. And one detective finds some text exchanges between Conrad and Michelle, but there are holes in it. He wants to get everything. How will he get the whole, you know, message chain? And when he does, what's revealed? Hmm. So there's more going on here with what Michelle did with Conrad. What is it and why? How is she connected to his death? Hmm. Now it's the girl from Plainville because that's where she's from. He's from a different part, that kind of thing, you know. And Conrad's family in his area is known. You know, people know who they are. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that mother ain't playing. I'm going to tell you that. So everybody better watch out. Ain't nobody playing. (sighs) Now, with that said, this is what I would say. Because, you know, it's about teens, a teen drama. We've seen teen dramas in all kinds of forms, from Euphoria to that thing on Netflix, uh, the 12 Reasons Why, whatever. But what I would say about this is, it's not overheated like those kinds of shows. So what you would typically expect from a teen drama, you're not going to get here. I would call this straightforward and professional. So we only got the first episode at South by Southwest. I appreciated that. Like I would watch the next episode because it just seems like this is what happens. Okay, let me just follow this and not have all that teen angst stuff that happens. So if you are a teen drama fan, I don't know that this is your show. If you're a bit older, if you're an adult and you want to see this, it might be closer to the mark. What do you think, producer? Would you check out the girl or that girl, as you called it, from Plainville? (laughs) That girl from Plainville. This seems like something that I would probably need to watch if it was like everything. So it needs to be something that I could binge. Mm. I don't like these types of things to linger on. I need to see what's happening next. So Mm -hmm. if it was something that came out per episode, I would wait until it was all available. But it is something that I would, I would have to be in a specific mood, Um, but it sounds intriguing enough. Yeah. And again, the first three episodes, they premiered on March 29th and it's eight total. So you could just wait, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, if you want and then binge it. Yep. Hulu. All All right, Hulu. All right. So. Our last South by Southwest item on the list is another episodic premiere um, called DMZ, directed by Ava DuVernay, 
Um, and it has uh, what's uh, Rosario Dawson is in it, and that's yep. yeah, it's it's a horror thriller sci fi kind of thing. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a whole bunch of people are in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin Bratt is coming back in this show and so on. Okay. So this is based on a comic, a very popular one, a comic that my brother has read. So, you know, I went to him and was like, mm, you know, what's going on in this comic? And we got the first episode of this here at South by Southwest. Now, uh, this premieres. March 17th. So, you know, as of taping two days away. Mm-hmm. So it will premiere on HBO Max March 17th, the first episode. And here's what's happened. It's the second civil war in the United States. Second. Number two. And you know what the DMZ is. It's the demilitarized zone, which happens to be Manhattan. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx and Staten Island to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Over there in Brooklyn. Okay, we're moving east. Is the United States. If you move west, Jersey, it's the free states. So Manhattan is right in the middle. Again, mm-hmm. the DMZ. Now, the Manhattan that we know today ain't going on here. There are 300,000 producer people in Manhattan. 300,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous. It might be a demilitarized zone, but you have all different kinds of factions in different neighborhoods. And you got to be careful, especially if you go to the north, up north in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's safer in the south. Now, with that setup, Rosario Dawson's character, Alma Ortega, is a medic in the United States. In Brooklyn, she is. And we're introduced to her at the beginning, and we understand her story. When this second civil war broke out, when it first happened, she was with her teenage son. They were trying to get out of Manhattan. You know, people running down the streets trying to get in these buses. But she loses her son. How? So she made it out. He never did. She doesn't know where he is. It's been years, six years again, another six year timeline. And now she wants to find this son. So she has to go into the DMZ. Now, you don't just walk in there. So she has to have someone guide her and, you know, tell her the ropes and, you know, you get shot dead. This is serious. It is a war going on. So she ends up back in Manhattan and she has to have this cover story. She can't just come in and say, hey, I'm from the United States. And she goes back to a clinic where she worked to see if she could go through the patient files trying to find any information on her son. Hmm. Now, when she gets to this clinic, what does she find? Well, there is one doctor sort of person there, played by Mamie Gummer, Rose, who's like, look, you help me, I'll help you. You can imagine, you know, the state that this clinic is in. So that goes down and, you know, she has like 24 hours to figure out whether her son is here or not. And then she's got to go. The guy is like, look, 4 a.m., be back here, we are out. And on the screen, you see, you know, how much time is left in that. Now, there's Benjamin Bratt's character, Parco Delgado. He's one of these, you know, area bosses, let's say. And what's going on is there's going to be an election. And what Parco wants is really to control all of the DMZ. Now, there are other leaders who have similar ambitions or different ambitions. It depends on who they are. Now, one other leader is Wilson. And he rules Chinatown, played by Hun Lee. He just wants to rule Chinatown. Y'all can have the rest of the DMZ. I got everything I need here. How do these people link to Alma, if at all? 
how could they link to her son if at all? Like, because you got to think this. This is where we're going with this story. So I was on a collision course with them, but how and why? Now, there is also someone connected to Parco, a character named Skell, played by Freddie Miyares. And Skell is essentially an executioner. They got names on the side of a building that they're crossing out and spray paint. You know what that means. Pretty much. So Skell is the muscle for Parco. And this matters because this election is coming up. You know, he has to politic or maybe strangle people into doing what he wants. And at the end of the first episode, what does Alma learn? Also, Alma has a certain middle name. How does that connect to the title? I won't tell you. But she meets this little boy via Rose. And we start to learn things about her from him by him asking her questions. We also understand something about this little boy. His story is told. He was living with his grandfather in the DMZ. What's going on with him now? Because Rose helped him early on and, you know, fed him some, you know, uh, grilled cheese. (laughs) That's important, I'm assuming. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. Now, you know, it's called DMZ. You know she's not leaving. You know when the 24 hours are up, she's going to stay for some reason. Why? Yes. Okay. Like, I saw this coming a mile away. A mile away. I was like, okay, this is what's going on. And that was a disappointment for me. Mm. I wanted it to be a little less obvious. Now, if you do not know New York City, they like producer, because we know it, give you all the locations where you are, You know, Mm -hmm. if you don't know Manhattan, you don't know where that is. You don't know if that's north or south or midtown unless they say it. Mm -hmm. What I thought they should have done was given us like a map Mm -hmm. instead of just saying you're here, Central Park. Well, maybe you know where Central Park is, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, Inwood, you know. Right. (laughs) All right. So that was an issue. Now, it started out urgently. We were in Brooklyn with Alma, this patient she has. She tells this story. I was like, okay, let's go. When she gets into the DMZ, it kind of loses the urgency. What I would have is like, if you're out in the DMZ, everyone should be tense. Except maybe for Alma, she doesn't know. Like tense. Also, the colors. I would have muted them in the DMZ. Maybe you have a one color scheme in the States, of the United States, one color scheme in the DMZ, and then when we get to the free states, a different one. Mm -hmm. But I would make it bleak. Now, I know the comic has color, but you got to add some intensity. Some, I got to be afraid. I got to, there's got to be tension. I got to think there's a threat at all times. That'll keep me engaged. That's not what happened here. Mm. Now, another comic that was turned into a TV show that might be in the same genre, Why the Last Man. If we compare this, the first episode, to what they did in Why the Last Man, this is better. Okay. It's not bad at all. It really Mm -hmm. isn't. It's just not the intense experience I think it could be. Now, would I watch episode two? I will. I would give them one more episode. Like you said, Ava uh, uh, directed the first. Ernest Dickerson is taking over from that moving forward. But I think they're losing something because from the comic to this show, they've changed the story. In the comic, Alma is not the central character. She's a central character. She's younger. She's like in her 20s. She ain't got no son. Because really what happens in the comic is it's really uh, uh, it's really a critique of media because you see it from the media, how they're covering this war. So there is a journalist who gets to Alma and others and takes us through the story that way, which I think would have been more interesting. Interesting. Agreed. Yes. If it's more critique on media and war. Yeah. And right now. Especially now. We're not going to say nothing more. Nope. You don't want no algorithms to come after us, but <laughs> like that, when my brother said, no, this is what the comic was about. And I looked at some of it. I was like, oh, like I would read that. Mm-hmm. 
the show is fine so far. It's just one episode. We'll see what develops. What do you think, producer? Wrap it up for us. Tell us whether you would watch this and why. The DMZ would make the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested. I'm always interested in these, you know, kind of post-apocalyptic <laughs> experiences. People got to figure it out. What's what's right. this new world that they've created? Personally, mm-hmm. that stuff interests me. Just I like to see but what in they- the in the. Let me ask you this, producer. In a world where we have The Walking Dead and The Handmaid's Tale, I just said there was why the last man. Like, would you still go into this? It's not as brutal as Walking Dead or Handmaid's Tale so far. Okay. But so I think far. it should be. Yeah. But we'll mm-hmm. see what they do. Maybe where it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, would it make the top of the list? No. Would it be on the list? Yeah, I, I could see yeah. I could see me like wanting something different to watch and then like scrolling through and being like, oh yeah, this 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 series. Let me let me check this out. Yeah. What mm-hmm. is it something that I'm like, oh I gotta go watch? No. Yeah, I still want to yeah, see handmaid's think- tales, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good, what you said, I think that's a a good bit of guidance. Mm -hmm. You know, check it out, but it's not something you would run to see. Yeah, Mm -hmm. cool. All right, guys, so that is um, the first part of the South by Southwest 2022 insight so far. We're going to come back. We have a couple more things to cover. Critics going to help us uh, see if there are any other movies that you should be checking out at this festival while you can still get it so um and there'll yeah. be tv shows too there's more of them yeah movies and the man yeah, who fell to earth too. halo don't worry y'all we gonna get to it yes 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 cool well listen there's not a shortage of content and there won't be a shortage of us uh sharing what content you should be watching until next time thanks for listening For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.